Have you ever wanted to work in a flying ICU? Or maybe you're just passionate about saving lives. Right now you can realize your dream by applying to work for one of the best teams in the air medical industry. Air Methods is currently hiring qualified flight nurses, medics, and mechanics to join our air medical team. Check out our new salary and benefits packages. Visit airmethods.com careers and apply today. That's airmethods.com careers. This is Second Shift. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Second Shift. Mike Verkest, Ratusani. We decided to pull a quick one on you. No advertisements. No nothing. Just do it. Just do it. We're like, let's do it. We've been we've been trying to get to re- get our, to record for what seems like two weeks. Yeah, at least. At least. So, we were supposed to be at the back at the place today, too. Yeah, exactly. We were supposed to go back to the old church, but it just wasn't happening. And and we got a lot of people watching, too. And, and it's just some East Coasters, too. Like, isn't it tomorrow there? Yeah. Well, Not G- quite yet. Adam says, are you still in a heat wave, or as we call it in Texas, a Tuesday? Look, buddy. Look. Let me tell you something. It was 117 here, okay? It that was ain't 118 no here. 118. It was it so, was a lot. So Adam Gallagher, was it one one eight where you were? Yeah. Yeah, Adam in Texas. I didn't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. That's not you know, I mean, the weather's all pretty much the same no matter where in Texas you are. <laughs> uh yeah. I yeah. mean it it, it is a delegated no one, practice. It, was, state, it so. wasn't no one one eight though. No. It was no one one eight. I think we actually beat like Las Vegas's highest temperature ever. Yeah, we're in the heat dome. Yeah, well, because, you know, we're in the Northwest. It's always, it's always there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Ryan, tuning in from Michigan. Oh, boy. Go blue. Go blue. Go blue. What's your humidity? Oh, it's a little moist. It's not, it's nothing like the deep south. No, it's not like North, when I lived in Nolens or North Carolina. Yeah. That is for sure. And I, when it gets to like 70% here, we're all like, Ooh, it's so humid. But that was like not very humid there at all. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's good to see Zalkins on because, yeah. you know, he has no other life but to hang with us. Yep. We got, so. we got 77. Yeah. I wish it's, we're, we're coming down. We're coming down from the heat dome. The heat dome has shifted. I was just reading something that said it's like going to be over North Dakota or something like, or everything, it's shifted. Well, that's all I care about. I don't care where it's going. Were, were you reading that on heatdome.com? Or? Yeah, I think it was .org maybe. I don't I don't. <laughs> you know. I don't Heat, it, heatdome.edu? <laughs> yeah, that was probably it. And it uh, it had the guy from the Weather Channel. What's that guy's name? Jim Cantori. <laughs> Jim Cantori. Yes, exactly. Oh, dude, when I lived in North Carolina – if you were like hanging out and you saw Jim Cantore, you start packing your shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, did a, they did some pretty funny commercials with him. Like he would just show up for like a beach day with his family and everyone would leave. Like it was pretty funny. <laughs> one, one summer when I lived in Greenville, North Carolina, we had four or five hurricanes. Yeah. That's in the same good. summer. No, it wasn't good. No, not good. 
Well, there's Veer, Dr. Villathani. Hello, Villani. Good to see you. Tyler Veer called me the, the Indian Ben Franklin. <laughs> what? In, Veer just referred to me as the Indian Ben Franklin. Oh, that's... <laughs> I'm trying to, the, the, uh, the doggone comments are going so fast. It was hard to keep up. I saw if you were on there and I was like, Oh God, just wanted to say hi. And Benji, what's up? Christian defibs via kite and key. Yes, exactly. That's right. Clear. Oh Lord. Oh, I see Tyler's on. Yeah. Lots of, lots Tyler, of, I have your back. I think right side of EKGs are bullshit. Oh yeah, so that was that was a hot little that was a hot little post. That's, hot little that's what Tyler that's what Tyler to... does. Tyler has done this for as long as I know. Is he is he sneaks in? This is Tyler sneaking, Flying and then he in. and then he pulls the pin on a little grenade and he just sets it there, and goes back to another room and just and kind of goes and see what happens. Call it a chair thrower. Yeah, yeah. And so his latest one was. He's like, I don't know, this will be controversial or something, but he's like, I don't think right-sided EKGs are worth a shit. And so let the comments commence, and it was it was good. That yeah, was good. It was good. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, how are you? I'm good. I'm tired. We we have a we've we've had a long couple of weeks at work. We're we're right in the middle. If you if you've been watching Second Shift or listening, whatever you know that we've we have been talking about standardizing the EMS kits throughout the entire county. So every agency, fire, EMS, whatever, all working out of the same kits. So their their inventory is the same. They're laid out the same, and so we are right smack dab in the middle, well, maybe on the back end of the rollout. And it's been a challenge. I, I, I've done a lot of cool things in EMS and I have never underestimated a project like this one. Like I, I, I completely underestimated the manpower needs, the logistical yeah. needs, the, I mean, just everything about it has, has really stretched me and challenged me and uh, it'll be good in a month or two, but like right now I'm right in the middle of it and I'll punch you. And so don't <laughs> mess with me. I'm on my race car in the red right now. You did, you did, you did say that today when you texted me, <laughs> I'm going to punch you. <laughs> so uh so anyway it's it, it's been good so again challenging way more time consuming than i gave it credit for and i mean we're the third largest fire district in the state so we, i mean we got a lot of movings and shakings to go on right so there's a lot of moving parts and again i sort of underestimated but it it will pay off in the end um you know and and there we're going to be suffering the growing pains we've already started yeah, exactly. How hard could it be? That was kind of what my thought was. Hey, we take the stuff out of here, we put it in there. Yeah, did not so much. Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle, yeah. So, but anyway, it, it's going to be a great project. A year from now, we'll look back and go, aren't we glad we did that? And mm -hmm. everything's good. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that is always amazing to me in this kind of rollout is that you make every effort to get wide feedback yeah whether it's rolling out the kits or when i was the state medical director legislative change right we had a we had a, we had a bill that i visited literally every ems organization in the in the in the um state and we went to like four corners of the state this went to 
to EMS agencies, hospitals, blah, blah, blah. Spent 16 months traveling around, giving people the information. And when it failed in committee, I was told by a senator who was kind of a dick about it, that I didn't spend enough time and effort getting feedback. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, you were, because, yeah, because you do all that effort, but there's always somebody who wasn't in the loop or missed it or didn't pay attention or, or, and, you know, we're seeing that now, you know, we, we put a lot of effort to try to get feedback on stuff and didn't get a whole lot. But now that these are going into, 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 you know, people are like, Oh, I didn't know this was coming. Like, what are you talking about? We've been right. talking, or we've been talking this is stupid. Well, where were you three months ago when this whole thing was, you know, sent out for your, for your sort right. of, looking look see Lou anyway it's a whole thing but um so Parker says what's the idea for the individual crews that want to set it up quote their way well look I'm not stupid there's going to be some what I would call manipulation I'm sure but that's taking away from the whole point of the kits being standardized right so if you're yeah. the EMS crew or you're a fire crew you know what it's like to work out of somebody else's kits oh it's not awesome so the whole idea is, is that my kits look like your kits. The brand of my thing might be different, but guess what? It's in the same exact spot as it is in yours. Um, and so that's kind of the idea. Now, yeah. um, there is a process for people to request changes or additions or deletions or reconfigurations. And, and we know that they'll use that at some point, but it's all, it's all very new. There's a bunch of change going on. And everyone knows everyone loves change. So it's just one of those no, things. Yeah, two things that we hate, the yeah. way they are and change. Yeah. So we're we're gonna really have to sort of write it hard from the county perspective to really encourage people to please don't do that. I mean, we've been giving them the word and I think they're okay with it now, but there there'll always be some great ideas that somebody's gonna have and then we'll have to we'll just have to address it as it comes. But it's it's I mean, it's not gonna be easy, but I think it's a it's a it's the it's worth the effort. So evidence-based yep. bag packing. <laughs> yeah. We sort did of. a randomized controlled trial of uh, yes, yes. Of putting the the LR in this pouch or that pouch. Yeah, yeah. Found that pouching it. Yeah, pouching, pouching the LR. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we, well, the cool thing is about the kits is they're sort of um, modular, right? So the idea is like in the med kit, for example, if you open up the med kit, there is um, – a medication cell, there is an IV cell, and there's an IO cell. So the idea is you pull that whole little box, if you will, it's sort of a soft-sided case, and it has got everything you need. Airway stuff's the same way. You need to intubate somebody, boom. If you need to eye gel somebody, then we got those in the zipper, and everything you need is right there. So you're not sort of hunting around in three or four different places for the same thing. So we'll we'll see. Um, you know, these things might end up getting reconfigured and and improved on, and who knows? So we'll see. Yeah, I, well, I think that's the key. Is you, you know, you you put the effort in, you do the best you can, and then you roll them out, and um, you know, but you you got to be open to change. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I, even though there's sort of an underlying, oh, God, I can't believe we have to do this. I, th I think there is a. Well, I mean, I don't think I know because I'm talking to all the crews, right, is like there's a piece of them that love and are relishing the idea of not being lost in, in the benefit it's going to be when you're with other crews. And it doesn't matter because there's eight different agencies and we all have the same kit. So 
they like the idea of that, right? Even though they may not have right. had a chance to do that yet. And, and everyone's still learning and, and, and trying to figure out where stuff is at. And so yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, and I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the kits are really good as long as you, you know, do them the way I, I want to do them. That's perfect. Yeah, exactly. So, that's, I mean, that's been the challenge with like all these kinds of projects when you yeah. have multiple agencies on board and, and, and the, you know, when we're not, it's not really a top down approach, right? There's no mandates. They're just, we paid for them, the county paid for them, and then all the agencies agreed. So, yeah. And, and that was one of the things that I think we talked about in our last episode actually was like, there's nothing necessarily um, special about what we were able to do. The key was, is we were just able to get it paid for. Right. So that's the thing. I think that that eases a lot of burden of, of making a big switch like this was that these agencies didn't have to pay for that. That was right. That's, that makes it, you know, you don't have to sell to the chief when you say, I'm just going to buy these. for Yeah. You. They're going to be free and they're not going to cost you nothing. Yeah. yeah. So like for us, that was a big thing. I mean, we had like 32 full sets and, you know, there's nine, essentially nine kits. If you include the cells per set. Right. And so I think we ordered over a hundred sets of these things back. Well, it's been a two year project. And so it's just, you know, it's good. <laughs> Do you believe me? It's, I swear it's good. So Ed asks, Ed Zaffron asks if oh. we use all to carry the same monitors. Oh. Not yet, but soon. I know Chris Taylor's watching. Oh, is Chris Taylor on? Yeah. I was wondering what his thoughts were on that. I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm just oh, there kidding. he is. I see him. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Um, we we will be. So we we started the kit process and the monitor process kind of all at the same time, kind of two separate groups working. And and um, due to the Phillips situation, uh, we had a few places that yeah they got a they had a, they got a little more rushed. Yeah, they got a little more rushed in the process. So yeah, we had two. I mean, I have two counties. The other county kind of had to move quickly. So yeah. we went through a process and picked a monitor. And now I think this other, now Clackamas has sort of adopted the same same kind of results, not yep. process. They've kind of participated in the process and said, yep, this looks good. Yep. So well, we got to do most of the stuff with the hands-on. So anyway. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah, we will. I think eventually we'll get there. Yeah, we will. So I know for like for my agency, for example, just for people that are watching, like, so our, we use the X series right now and they're good for probably three more years, no problem, right? So we're not in any big rush, um, but when we do move, it'll be to whatever that next gen is gonna be and it'll be, it'll be exciting. Yeah. So it was, your, it was your birthday on Friday, buddy. It was my birthday on Friday. Yes, well, I'll just say it again, happy birthday. Well, thank you, sir. Even though I got to spend half of your birthday with you. That's right. It was good. Ben got to spend like my whole birthday with I you. I know. You guys went golfing. Well, you started at like 11 in the morning. 11.45. Yeah, I mean, 11 o'clock when we got there. Well, yeah. yeah. You got to get warmed up and pack your shit and get ready to go. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And then, it turns and, out that even though I'm now playing in an old man golf league every Wednesday, I suck. Well, that's cool. That's fine. But then you went and did that, and then you came to my house, and we had poker party. We played poker till what, like 1 o'clock? 1 o'clock in the morning. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. You had you had a long day, dude. I did. I was 
I was quite tired uh, the next day. I'm sure you were. I was tired too. You won't, the people won't be able to see this, but I was going to hold up this picture. I don't, well, sort of. That was it. Yeah, it sort of works. It's a little glary, but we had a good time. I lost again and I'm pissed. Man, I'm on a, I'm on a real drought here with this i i came in sixth out of seven this time i mean i didn't do that bad. i didn't get i didn't get any birthday cards i was gonna say you got a birthday card which you left here by the way that we also which i left which i was planning to get from you today but now we ended up doing it remotely (sighs) just so you know i threw your birthday card away oh Okay. Well, I I remember what it looked like in my heart. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, we all signed it, took the care, and then you left it, and I'm like, well, screw him, threw it away. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. So anyway, it was great to see you, buddy. Happy birthday. Um, Thank you. There, there are so many things. There are so many things we could talk about. We're about 18 minutes in. We have talked EMS. That's right. We talked about the kits. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't talk about what I'm drinking. I decided after my long day of kits. I was going to have me a little burby. So this is the uh, Woodford Masters Collection that you guys mm. had. Yeah. Amazing. So good. I was, kind of, I, I was thinking about that stag that that you let me try. The George T. Stag? Yeah. That was good. That's hot. It was, but it came in hot. I was like, whoa. Yeah. It's hot. <laughs> hot stuff, man. Yeah. It was hot. It. I. Yeah. Just it. It. It wasn't at all what I expected. Yeah. Well, I know, and I'm still trying to learn to discern some of these fancy ones from the non-fancy ones, um, because you know, I, I, I thought, I thought that um, Uncle Nearest is amazing for Tennessee whiskey, right? It's like thirty or forty bucks a bottle. I don't know, something like that, versus six hundred or a thousand dollars. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. I'm, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, I, I'm not, I, I agree. I'm not there where I, I mean, yeah, I can't necessarily tell the huge, like I don't see a 10 to tenfold difference <laughs> in value. Well, certainly right? there is. Oh yeah. Bill Toon said, or the Atlantic article. Well, he also said ketamine in Colorado. So yeah, that's on he's, our already, he's already got the two topics that we talked yeah. about. You reading my <laughs> mail, Bill? You reading my mail, man? <laughs> Cardboard dough. No, that's cool. Selena, that's cool. Card cardboard dough. It's the old boxed stuff. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Oh well or H2O. Yeah, I've got that too. I'm sort of double fisting. I got my water. Um, yeah, and we're good. So I had a couple beers earlier tonight. So oh, that's right. You you were sort of doing some stuff on the side out there. Yeah. So we were actually not even going to do the live. If you're just kind of tuning in, we were going to, we were going to get together and do it. But after my last couple of days, I'm just, I'm beat. And I didn't have the gumption. I'm like, if I go home, which I had to, I ain't leaving. I just can't. I get it. So listen, um, I think we should give a little hat tip to the situation real quick. The situation. Yeah. So, it's over. Uh, yeah. All done. Pandemic over. Pandemic. <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, I'm not sure if people are paying attention or not. It's not fucking over. It's not over. It's getting bad. Or, uh, it's becoming 
it's getting, what, I don't even know how to say it. Is it getting bad again? I, I don't know. Is, it's going the wrong way. We're going, yeah, it's going up. In Oregon, we had a nice one of these. And now it's going. And I'll tell you, and we ain't no Missouri. Like, they're out of control. Right. Like, it's it's bad out there. What's it doing in your neck of the woods out there if you're watching? All right? Tell me what's going on out there where you live. But it's not it's not going the right way. And, uh, you know, Delta, not the airline that I love. I'm a big Delta guy. You are. So yeah. am I. And they're sort of pissed. Just kidding. They're not pissed. But gosh dang it. We're going the wrong way. We're going the wrong way. And I don't I don't know. I don't know. Are we gonna end up locked up again? Like what the hell's going nope. on, man? It's, nope, it's we don't I, I mean I just I don't think I don't think we have the political will to do that. I don't think we do either. Um and I think that what we're seeing is that the places that we're against locking down are also the places with less um, vaccination penetration indeed, and are the places that are going to get hit the hardest. Yeah. Um, and I mean, as a public health doctor, I, you know, I have a responsibility to look out for the public's health. So even though there's a community that just broke off from your fire department that has an atrocious um, vaccination rate, um, you know, we still got to do what we can to, um, to, to work that and encourage that and make that available. But, but, you know, people, oh, I want to be responsible. Well, guess what? It's, this is coming back to roost, you know, because I think, I think these areas, you know, we, we have a dichotomy. We have areas that are well vaccinated and, and those places are probably going to do pretty well. And the we have places that are very poorly vaccinated and there's in the poorly vaccinated areas, there's nothing different. That's right? the only What's, that's the only thing that's different. The only thing that's different is that we're they're not locked down anymore. Yeah. So even the even the places that were against lockdown, human activity was reduced. Everything's open now and that and your community's not vaccinated. That's just a bad bad yeah. mix. And the, of course the big the big worry is that you'll have development of a variant that is not as susceptible to the right. vaccine. Yeah. I mean, that's the challenge is that the longer that this thing just kind of roams around and has opportunity to mutate, the more risk you create for everybody. You know, sounds so, awesome. Isn't it, though? Yeah, sounds really good. But, you know, I mean, it, in, I mean, we have we have communities where the EMS agencies field providers are less than are 40 percent vaccinated. So I, I don't get that. We're we're the ones that know the stuff. We're the ones that are supposed to provide an example, leadership in our communities, and we have our own personnel who are not vaccinated. Yeah, it definitely makes it tough. It does, and I I don't know. You know, I mean, we've had times where we sit where we make ourselves available to our crews, and we have good vaccination rates, but yeah. we're not a no um and yeah you know there, you have to listen you have to be empathetic you have to understand but at the end of the day it's about what does the science say and how do you keep your family and your community safe yeah i had somebody ask me why i was still wearing my mask 
So it's the tables have turned. So it was the people that didn't wear their mask. Hey, why don't you have your mask on? And now <laughs> so if you wear your mask, don't you believe in the science? I thought, aren't you a science believer? Yes, but you're a fucking liar. You don't have your vaccination and you're now aware. Excuse my French, by the way. But that's that's the problem is like, you know, people are buying fake vaccine cards. People, you know, I, I don't want to be too judgy here, but I feel like my track record's pretty good on knowing whether or not kind of based on how you're dressed. This is just my <laughs> QB. I know if you've had your vaccine or not. I bet you I give 70% based on just your appearance. Like I can, I can tell, and they're just, they're just people are liars. So I'm going to continue to wear my mask in places where I'm not comfortable and I don't give a shit. They can, they can harass me all they want. Only one person did it. So anyway, Dave White says 90% vaccinated in their shop. That's amazing. That's great. Yeah. This says Alan Wolf, like the Alan Wolf is watching. My goodness. I can't see the list of who's watching. Well, so I don't know if it's just my phone or whatever, but so far this thing has told me 96 times that Alan Wolf is watching. He used to do that with Samantha Johnson. Um, um, and then, and then tonight it was Benji McCollum. He was watching uh, 50 times. It just keeps telling me the same person's watching. So I don't, I don't oh, know. Benji's good. I, we like Benji. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. You it's know Benji? Kind of weird. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Benji's. Oh, no. You've never been out drinking with Benji, have you? Hmm. Oh, Benji, Benji, Benji. Benji's a very fun man to hang out with. Good. Benji's part of the whole wake crew. Oh, nice. I need yeah. to get out there. Benji and Brandon and and uh, um, they, hanging out with Zalkin and, and, yeah. uh, and Brent. Christopher. Oh, there's Alan. <laughs> so... Oh, uh, Selena, the tattooed hillbilly is vaccinated. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But um, I mean, that's, again, I, I think part of it is, is be, be a fucking leader, be a leader. Yeah. You guys are leaders in your community. And, and so part of that is stepping up and, and, and getting vaccinated and explaining to the people around you why it's important. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I'm worried about the fall in particular. I'm worried that it's going to be bad. Yeah. And it's going to be bad in some really bad, you know, they're going to be just pockets that are really yeah. hit hard. Um, meanwhile, I live in one of the most vaccinated zip codes in the whole state. I don't, I'm not too worried like around here. Yeah. Yeah. You I'll know. be, I'll be curious to, I mean, we have, we have bought some tickets for some events in the fall. We'll see. So one of them is I'll be going to the F1 race in Austin, and that's in October. Um, outdoors, yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty comfortable. I think that'll be okay. Um, we do have tickets for a concert in October, November, I think, down at the uh, Matthew Knight Arena in Eugene in the huge. Um, and I can't remember it's in his name. God, I can never remember his name. It's a big country guy, and my wife loves him. <laughs> um, you were telling us the other day. I hope she. I hope she's watching. I think she's doing her workout right now. Um, anyway, so we got we paid a lot of money for those damn things too. So anyway, we'll see. I mean, I don't know, dude. Yeah, no, we're no. going to see. We're going to see Counting Crows 
but that's at Edgefield on our anniversary. Counting crows. That'll be good. Yeah, we're going, you know, 30th anniversary. I was going to say, I didn't care much for them, you know, 30 years ago or whenever it was. Oh, we love them. I mean, they're fine. Well, we were excited to hear they were touring. So you're going to see them and then we're off to, we're, we're going to go with a hundred thousand of our closest friends to sit in the big house and watch Michigan play Washington. That'll be good. Yeah. And then I will, and I will, uh, what what was it called when you're on the boat up at UW? Sailgating. Sailgating. God damn. That sounds so good. Yeah. So they, um, they, yeah, well, Michigan was supposed to play Washington last year and we were going to go up and go sailgating, but that got COVID. Yeah, they did. So, but they rescheduled that for 2028. So when I'm retired, I will, I will go see Michigan play Washington. Selena asked about EMS Expo. I will be there for five damn days. I'm teaching the critical concepts of critical care with Eric Bauer, the one and only. Uh, as a two-day pre-conference. So I think that's the Monday, Tuesday. And then we'll be staffing that booth Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I think, and doing 10-minute talks every hour right in the booth. It's going to be badass. We did this last last year. You know, that means 19, just for those of you that don't know. When I say last year, because 2020 <laughs> doesn't really matter. Um, but, yeah, so that'll be fun. Uh, what else is there? Is there something else? Oh, I'm going to Pinnacle next month. Oh, good, yeah. You got, yeah. a, you got a grant, you got a scholarship, yeah, scholarship from Nesem- Nemsma. So that's pretty awesome. Nemsma. Yeah. I'm going to be working with them on, on some Nemsma. field training officer stuff. I'm very excited about that. And some fire dog stuff with them. Cool. There fire dog right there. That, fire that dog. Yeah. I got it on my shirt too. Oh, right here. There it is. See, you can see that. Yep, right there. I see oh, it. Oh, snap. There it is. So, and then we're going to Disney world. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, because it's our. It, that's where we. Uh, that's where we did our honeymoon. So thirty what? years ago, we had our honeymoon in Disney World. So now we're going back. That'll be super cool. So, yeah. hold on a sec. I want to stop us. Hard stop us. And I want to. I want to talk a little bit about this article. I'm. I just switched gears on us. Did you catch that? Dude, I'm my head spinning. But look how but I hit my head on the steering wheel with the hard stop. Yeah. Well, you know, kinematics and trauma. So you were telling me that there was an article in the Atlantic. The Atlantic. About and that is uh that is a uh, monthly publication or something. I mean I've heard of it, yep. but I don't I don't follow it. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try cover to cover a lot of news, a lot of politics. I'm actually a subscriber. I'm I'm going to uh, GTS that and try to find an article about paramedics I, that I, you were telling me about. I texted you the link. You should no, be able to. No, just... you did not. You did not text me. Oh, I'll try again. Nope. The last I, thing I got from you says I'm in the green room. I'll, oh, you know what? It said it's failing to send. Oh, there it goes. It just came through. Okay. All right, so the article is entitled Emergency Medicine's Original Sin. The misperceptions that paramedics are merely ambulance drivers is everyone's problem. So did I haven't, obviously, I just got the link to this. Maybe I can put it in the comments. But can you give us the 50,000-foot sort of 
you know yeah i mean it it's exactly what what they said they that um i mean that paramedics make life-saving decisions that paramedics play a huge role and they're they're not they're just not appreciated for that and they're not and they're not they're not appreciated financially so like the mean pay for a paramedic is $17 an hour hmm. you know they're not but they're not appreciated by the hospital system so you know you drop a patient off at the hospital only they, they reported that only about one in three uh, EMS agencies or EMS systems have a way to get feedback back to the crew as to what happened with that patient yeah I, I, that's got to be very loose because I don't think it's one in three I don't think one in three participated in an HDE yet. Maybe Not I'm either. wrong. Yeah. I, you know, we could ask Remley. Oh, and Remley's in it. <laughs> Our friend, <laughs> Dr. Remley Crow. Dr. Remley Crow. And who else was in there? You said there was somebody else that was quoted in there. Mike Levy. Oh, yeah, Dr. Mike Levy. Dr. Dr. Levy, the president of NEMSP. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and there was a quote from an emergency physician who who – if you read it out of context, you're like, she's saying that we're just ambulance drivers. But what she's saying is that even in the emergency department, sometimes we think you're just ambulance drivers. And and so just, yeah, just about the sort of lack of appreciation and the lack of good quality improvement and feedback um, that, that comes. So, um you know, it's it, it's pretty good. Um, I think it does a pretty good job of capturing kind of some of the challenges. You know, they didn't really talk about how they, there was some mention about how bad the last year and a half has been uh, on on EMS workers, but it was just mostly focused on kind of the sort of poor perception of them, but not just like externally, yeah, but in the in the emergency world too. Um, they mentioned too the hospitals will used to hide behind HIPAA. I am still doing a lot of places. Oh yeah, for sure. To say that we can't share that with you, it's HIPAA, which is completely not true. Um, we've known that since the beginning of HIPAA. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the P's is portability, right? So, <laughs> um, so yeah. And, 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 you know, Bill Toon says the story hasn't changed in 48 years. That's for sure. Yeah. But it's interesting that it's in mainstream, it's in the mainstream literature, not just like at Pinnacle or, you know, this is, this was We're a mainstream. around feeling bad about ourselves, but yeah, no, it's, it's out there. I and think so- the author was pretty astounded that a paramedic could go to somebody's house, diagnose a heart attack. Oh, we don't diagnose, identify a heart attack. It's a fucking heart attack. You figured it out. Um, take the patient to a hospital and not know what happened to him. You save that person's life, but you don't know that. Like, it's so weird. Like I just had this weird experience, like literally just now in what you said is a hundred percent the truth. Right. But for whatever reason, in this very second, in this very moment, like that just struck me as the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, you're right. It's almost as dumb as a bunch of people on the scene having different equipment. But, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, it is. Yeah. 
It's stupid. So, say, we so, would never, you know, we would never accept that. Like, a doctor would never accept that. No. Not being able to know what happened to their patients once they admitted them. Yeah. You know, so I follow I that, every one of my admissions till they get discharged. I yeah. read their notes every day. Yeah. So, well, and I think Dave, Dave makes a, a simple but like elegant point is that like in his system, they have two hospitals, All right? So that increases your chance of getting feedback probably by a lot where here in our area, you can't throw a rock without hitting a hospital now. And while some of them might be in the same system, they don't, it's, it's, it doesn't work. Like we just, we have to um, rely on some existing previous relationships to try to get feedback. We try to leverage those. We used to have epic access to a few places and they've cut those back and we can't, we don't have those anymore. Um, so like where I used to be able to get feedback from maybe six places. Now I got two. Hmm. And that's why I just, I'm excited for hopefully um, HDE, right? Some kind of yep. data exchange so we can at least get the deets. Yeah. No. Anyway, we put the link so I know Jay Z shared it. I shared it in the comments um, on the Flavor Jed Live. So for those of you that are listening to this after the fact, you can go back and watch this video, and the links to all this stuff is going to be right in the comment box there. So anyway, it's good to get us out there. Thanks to uh, Dr. Crow and Dr. Levy for getting out there and doing that, um, and that's awesome. Get that out there. Um, yeah. Another thing on the list. This Colorado law, ketamine. Ketamine is in the law. Yeah. They have specific there they have in in legislation specifically in named a drug. Link in the comments. Link link to the actual just the link is actually to the to the actual bill language, so not to the news coverage. Yeah. So if you just Google Colorado ketamine, it's there. It's all, yeah. Just GTS. Yeah. Um, but so tomorrow, if we found out that ketamine saved somebody's life, like if there was some new use for ketamine that was like life-saving, it would be against the law to do it pre-hospitally. You would Under have to change the law. I'm just which, a bill. Which requires literally an act of Congress or in this case, the state legislature. So you mean like it, helping with a seizure or something? Yeah. For instance, if ketamine improved, was a good last resort for seizures, which we know our friend, Dr. Antevi is a big proponent of, mm -hmm. I'm not personally sold yet, but I'll get there. Um, or I could get there. Um, you would have to worry about this law. Um, now, the law that was initially proposed and the law that passed, there were some significant changes and it yeah. was watered down. So that's good. Um, but it's still, you know, it's still, it's still um, frustrating. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are like, well, this is just political bullshit. We got steamrolled by politics and yeah, we did, but we couldn't, we got to do a better job of telling our story. Right. Data doesn't move politics. Stories do. 
And the overwhelming story was of a young man who died after getting ketamine. And, and that's a tough story to overcome. Um, but I mean, uh, that's a part of, I mean, that that's, you know, especially given the fact that it was a young black man and white police officers that were involved. And, you know, certainly, um, I think that played a role too. Um, you know, I agree with Will with Bill Toon and Ed Zafrin. Politics, politicians shouldn't dictate medicine. But if we don't fix stuff, they'll come in and do it for us. Yeah. You know yeah. that's that's they get to make the laws. We don't. Um, and so how how do you how do you manage the story? I and would, I think oh, last sorry. year that was just going to be hard. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm just, I would just love to sit in on the weight assessment training that everyone's going to have to do now. It's, yes, that's right. So in the, in the law, if you're going to give ketamine, um, you have to weigh the patient, which works very well with your aggressive, agitated yes. um, patient. It says right in the law that you can only give ketamine if, you know, there's a safety risk. So I don't even know about giving it for pain. We use ketamine for pain in our system all the yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and I use it in the emergency department all the time. Because this, this law only pro- applies to out of hospital. But <laughs> you have to either weigh the individual to ensure accurate dosage. By the way, ketamine has a ginormous, ginormous therapeutic window. But what was the problem? One of the problems was the this system had weight-based dosing, but it defaulted to everybody just giving the same dose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the investigation of this outcome, they were like, "Well, this didn't follow. They didn't follow the pro. They gave 550 milligrams, which would be a, you know, and so follow your damn protocols or write protocols that are easier to follow. Yeah. But if you can't weigh the individual, then you have to have two personnel who are trained in weight assessments to agree with your weight assessment. What is that training? I, you know what I think it is? Is you it uh, step right up and guess the weight? Carnival. You got to be the weight guessing dude at the carnival for, for, um, for like, uh, for oh like an God. afternoon. And then you get like eight hours of CME. I think it goes into operations. Oh no, pharmacology. It would count as pharmacology. And yeah, so that's what I'm thinking is you, you do that. Yeah. But so did you caught you caught my little hat tip to the jerk, right? Remember oh, when you, you totally missed it? I missed it, but now I know exactly where he's like he's like, I can't, I can't get this right. And the guy's like, they paid this much and you gave them the stuff that cost a nickel yeah so it's a racket or something it's a racket anyway step right up and win some crap that's what it said (laughs) (laughs) okay i feel like david letterman i need a playing a card yeah everyone's 100 kilograms right the the board oh you throw the cards to well, the board has noises, the new board that you were using. Yeah, I just, when I'm doing this live setup, it doesn't do it. But when we're recording, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing in this law, so so they watered it down a little bit. One of the things that was interesting in the original bill was 
that they were reconstituting their EMS committee and they put in the law, in the law, that only two people on the committee could be members of NAMSP. Yeah, that's kind of like what? How? That's just a giant fu, is what that was. Uh, so that that got taken out. And you know, the big thing in here is that a peace officer cannot compel EMS to give or request that they give ketamine. Um, and <laughs> that's just the weirdest thing to me. That. But again, false narrative, right? There's this false narrative that police are asking us to give ketamine. Hey, hey, and, buddy. You know, could you give us ketamine? But what's really happening is patients are, are aggressive, agitated, violent, and you have police and EMS wrestling them to the ground, and people want to just get them sedated for everybody's... Um, uh, you know, safety and, yeah. and there's this perception and then there's this really false perception, which, you know, Jeff did a great lighthouse project on, yep. on the work that, on the work that Remley and, and Brent did where they looked at 11,000 ketamine. We talked about it briefly on the last episode. We did, too, we did. Uh, where they looked at 11,000 ketamine, um, you know, doses of ketamine and it was it 11,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and found, wow, they all, they all went to the hospital and nobody went to jail. <laughs> so this narrative that police are like saying, you know, can you give ketamine so I can arrest the guy? Right. So it's illegal to do that in this law, which is fine because that shit was never happening. Um, but there's a whole bunch about that. And it's just, it's just weird. Um, and it's all, you know, it's all sort of based on this one case. But I think, you know, I think that in some respect, if something can go wrong, it, it will go wrong. And yeah. you're, if you're given ketamine but not putting people on – oh, that's the other thing. If you give ketamine, you have to put somebody on a monitor. Well, that's, a, that's, that's brilliant shit. I mean, that has to be in the state law. <laughs> okay. I'm not, not, I'm not laughing. Not the rules, just... not in the protocols, but in statute. If you give something that could affect somebody's breathing, specifically just this one drug, they ought to maybe be on a monitor. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's sad and it's unfortunate. I think that the law that ultimately passed is not as terrible as what was proposed, where you had to have five people agree on the weight and, and you, you could, you know. But the other thing is ketamine was on a special waiver system yeah. And and their um public health just pulled all the waivers. So the law passed was signed and now ketamine is completely removed from all pre hospital use now. Hmm. So that's which I think is another is another bad outcome. I think they're you know, we don't use ketamine in our system uh for for uh agitated sedation. delirium or sedation. You can't you can't say agitated delirium anymore. Yep, yep like for sure. Yeah. Um, so how about heroin overdose on a monitor? No, Earl, no monitor. <laughs> I know where he's going with that. I know. <laughs> we see you, Earl. We see you, Earl. We hear you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, again, it's, it's a little bit of not, I think it's a little bit of sort of lax oversight that sort of progressed. Yeah, a little bit of un- in, unable to to seize the narrative, um, 
and you know when I mean NEMSP got involved, and that's what led to NEMSP being included in the in the in, in the initial draft of the legislation. And even though it was, um, you know, Mike Levy, who's very calm, collected, very collegial, they were still not happy about it. Yeah. Um, so it's. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think there's more to come on this. Um, we use Droperidol. Yeah, we, 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 we've been able to get Droperidol back in our system. Um, I think just about everybody's got it now. I talked to a crew the other day. They're like, oh, my God, I finally had an opportunity to, to use that. And it was amazing. They were so yeah. happy with, like, it just worked quickly. Uh, the patient was calm, manageable, and they were, they're, they're, they're in. So it was good. Yeah, and... I think the other piece too is, um, you know, at, at the time, and we talked about this with our protocol video, but at the time I didn't think it was, I mean, I thought it was a little bit of going to be a little bit of a pain in the ass, but really, really pushing um, proper documentation and create and using a, a um, scale that's been verified. Yeah. So when our, when our crews give droperidol, or midazolam or both it is written right in the chart that the patient's broset violence score was this their ras was this this was their ras after mm -hmm. and in our qi uh you know using we pulled a bunch of charts they're doing a pretty good job of of, of, of better than i better than i had hoped i would i yeah. mean i was really worried it was going to be seen as too much of a pain in the ass but i think also people are just understanding that it it protects them to document you know why and then you know putting them on a goddamn monitor after yeah, yeah. after you give them those things <laughs> maintaining that monitor and and understanding that you're giving medications that can lead to respiratory arrest yeah um, you know so uh, i mean i feel like we're in a i don't feel like i i don't feel as you know, we've talked about ketamine repeatedly, and I and I feel like we're doing okay now. Now that we have Droperidol, when we all had Geodon, I, I wasn't particularly. Well, I know yeah, that yeah, one of our Trexa too. So I mean, don't be skipping that. Oh uh, well, yeah, but I mean, you know, one of the one of the um, one of our good friends really loves Geodon, thinks it works great in EMS. But that's three things about that. Three three things. Yeah. Um, but that's cause he doesn't have to sit there for the 25 minutes it takes to kick in. Yeah. 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 So there was something else I was going to mention about that, but now I don't remember what it was. Somebody said, Oh, Dave said we need it in Connecticut. Can you not, can you not get droperidol in Connecticut? Is there some kind of weird border or legislation that you can't get? It's, it seems to be far as I can tell, like we have no trouble ordering it. We just order it. Like, so there's nothing crazy about it so it should be pretty widely available out there yeah there's a new manufacturer and people have sort of finally gotten over the bullshit black box yeah. and which and, again another shout out to a lighthouse project that jarvis did on that yep yeah so right. earl says he's okay with geodon <laughs> man <laughs> come on my docs have no clue. Well, I'm sorry about that. But here's I'm the thing. Sorry. That that is that is a, actually a topic we are going to do 
maybe on the next one. I'm not sure. Oh, times are people want is my internet not working? Yeah, you kind of disappeared for a second. I was worried that I was going to have to carry this thing. You've frozen again now. You're, you're, but you're in a very thoughtful pose. <laughs> actually, actually looking at the. <laughs> there you are. Oh, man, I don't know what's going on here. Could you hear me? No, I couldn't hear anything. Uh, you 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 locked up, and if you look at the Facebook feed because we're a little ahead of it, you're just staring off into space. Oh yeah, I see it right there. <laughs> oh my gosh, crazy! Sorry about that. I mean, I, yeah. I'm hardwired with a gig here. I don't know. I don't know why I would be having. Internet I don't know. Troubles. I'm hardwired with a gig too, and I keep getting the thing that says I have a very poor internet connection. That's so weird. So. Anyway, sorry about that. I don't even, I lost my train of thought. I was saying something. So this was a topic you want to t do on oh, our next Yes, show? yes. yes. And yeah. that, that is how to have a discussion with your medical director about things, right? Like things that you want to get added to a protocol or an operational piece that maybe if your medical director is involved in those kind of things, like how to, how to really have that conversation. And I, and I know Jarvis was interested in, in doing that. Um, and from the research side, um, because I think one of the things that we all know is that, you know, there's lots of different kinds of medical directors out there, right? We've, uh, affectionately referred to them sometimes as milk carton, uh, medical directors where, you know, you know, you have one, but, Maybe you've never met them. Um, and so maybe some tips and techniques and just, I don't know, tips on how to how to sort of have these discussions with your medical director. I don't know. So. That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I feel like for, for me, it's a it's a little. Um, I don't I don't have that problem and I'm very fortunate. <laughs> right so like my best well, friend twice a month you and your medical director have a very public conversation about <laughs> yeah, what's exactly. going on in EMS yeah or theoretically twice a month yeah um but we also talk when we're not doing this yeah and if we don't talk if we go a few days without talking one of us will text the other one and go hello yeah. hello it's kind of funny <laughs> that way that's pretty good i miss you <laughs> Don't have any medical directors on that discussion, Bill says. Yeah, that's probably, yeah. Well, and, um, well here's the thing is that we will have medical, we, we're not going to have any assholes on, right? So we'll only have the ones that are collegial and want to have those discussions with their providers. So I think there will be something to glean from it for everybody, no matter what it is. And maybe we'll have, I don't know, I don't know. We'll see what we can do. So an interesting topic. Yeah. Hey, listen, I, I, uh, I just wanted to spend an hour with you, good buddy. I don't want to keep you up too late. For you East Coasters and anyone outside of Pacific time, God bless you. Thanks for hopping on. We Like I said, we just jumped. We jumped with no warning, no, hey, we're going to do it. We just did it. And it was good. That was good. It was good to see folks that I hadn't seen in a while. It was good yeah. to have this conversation. Yeah. We need to do a better job of uh, getting back behind the mic. I don't know if we should maybe do like one live and one recorded per month. We, we need to figure that yeah. out because 
I like the lives, but I also do like going and play and seeing you in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Anyway, well, let me get us out of here. On behalf of Dr. Ratusani, Mike Verkest, you've been watching and listening to another episode of the Second Shift Podcast. We are a proud member of the Flavor Jed Podcast Network and a Fire Dog production. Indeed, we will see you guys on the next one. Have a good night. Second Shift is a production of Flight Bridge Ed, LLC at flightbridgeed.com.